my enlightenment is that that's what really brings me happiness is just serving, serving people, helping people and, 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 and mentoring. I want to help mentor people as well. Maybe the, maybe the guy that was in my shoes, you know, nine years ago, I can help him. Welcome to another episode of the Profitable Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Muela, and today I have Blakely Hughes on the show, Nest Finders, Jacksonville, Florida, my man. <laughs> Jacksonville, yep. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Blakely, for those that don't know, give us a little bit of background on yourself and the company. Uh, Nest Finders started as uh, First Coast Rental Finders almost 19 years ago as an apartment locator. We did that for about 10 years, had about 14 agents. And uh, a good friend of mine pushed me into property management. I was kicking and screaming all the way. Did not want to, did so not want to do it. So kicked you into it, and what was the draw? Uh, I was an apartment locator. So uh, my uh, entire background, uh, which I met him when I was working out of a 10 by 10 room in an in-laws house, you know, dead broke, no money, newborn. And uh, he secret shot me. And uh, like my service that I gave over the phone and he started selling me renter, renter leads. And I kind of just went from there and uh, started an apartment locator, got up to about 14 agents. And then business started to die down. See, when I started the apartment locator, I was creating websites for all these apartment communities, generating leads and traffic. And, you know, you send people to the property and they, they pay you. And I noticed it went from 14 agents down to 10, down to eight. And uh, my dear friend, Steve was like, you're, going to be out of business like with technology and the apartments.com and the rents.com and all the communities doing their own marketing you're going to be out of business you have to use your expertise in rental marketing and relationships with investors that you've helped find renters you have to turn that into property management i, I knew nothing about property management and um he he was right. So I jumped into property management with uh, one of my right-hand uh, people, Suzanne, and um, we kind of ran with it and went from you know zero doors to now we're at about 640, eight, eight years ago when we started it. So your journey in property management has had a, a nice story arc, and obviously the company is decent size now. In terms of some of the lessons that you've learned along the way, specifically in the area of service. Customer service is something you and I have talked about in the past. I know it's important to you. Tell me a little bit about why that's so significant for you. Service uh, it just runs 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 deep for me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say I was a Disney brat uh, growing up. And um, up until about age 12, I went to Disney a lot. And my dad worked there for 40 years. And you always felt special. People had no problem stroking checks at Disney. They felt important. Every staff member, whether it was someone selling you a soda or someone on a ride, they, they made you feel special. They made you feel like you belong. They made you, they made you feel you were important. And I, I really feel um, in our industry that it's gotten a lot better, obviously, even the eight years that I've been here. But um, a lot of people view owners and renters as numbers. And I just, I don't, all my owners have my cell phone number. 600 odd owners have my cell phone number. Um, they don't ever really call me, but they have it. Um, 
I think service sets the tone for everything. And people, people will always pay more for service. Um, I have some dear friends on my market. I'm probably the most expensive property manager. Um, and many of them were losing doors the last two to three years in this housing market. And we kept adding them at almost, you know, double the fees. And I think it comes down to service and not just service from, um, uh, the management side, just, just from the initial onset with our BDMs service, we go out of our way. We go meet owners at properties. A lot of BDMs don't do that. We go meet owners at properties. We really cater to their schedule, to their needs, to their wants, their goals and agendas. And, um, we try and carry that through the entirety of, of the relationship. Tell me about your staff and what developing talent and um, building trusting relationships that are personally fulfilling for you looks like. Um, well, I will tell you, I, I feel like I'm just a, a, a schmuck that God surrounded with, with the greatest people. I have had some of the most incredible men- mentors and uh, from Steve-O, who believed in me when I didn't have $5 in my checking account um, to, uh, you know, Kevin Knight, um, a lot of, a lot of great mentors in my life. I'm grateful for NARPM for that. Um, so I knew Steve before NARPM, but I've met, um, you know, the Marco Montezes who cleaned up my books, all that good stuff in NARPM. So NARPM has been huge for me. My staff, I'm very lucky there too, because again, uh, I'm just a guy and I've been lucky enough to have a team with me that has believed in me and all of my craziness and all of my um, obsessiveness on customer service and, and branding and, you know, the way the cards feel, the way the folders feel, the way the website looks. Um, my team has been with me, Suzanne, uh, my lead property manager, 15 years, Sabrina, 14 years, another property manager, uh, Crystal, my, my, my business development manager, 15 years. Langdon, one of my leasing agents, 11 years. Sherry, one of my leasing agents, 10 years. So these are the people that I'm surrounded by. And we've kind of grown up together. Um, And I find their strong points and, you know, just encourage that. And we've we've kind of just just grown together. But they've been – we're going all in on Elite Simple right now. Like super stoked. This integration is mind-blowing for me. It's going to be a game-changer in the industry. And – I had a conference call with them yesterday and uh, would lead simple. And then they're all on board, like whatever we need to do, Blakely, we'll watch the training videos. We'll jump in. We'll do what needs to be done because um, I, they want to be successful, you know, and we want to win together as a group. So one of the things that I've observed about you is that you've paid a lot of attention to sales and marketing. Anytime an owner engages past a certain point, I recognize that there's some spark, some joy, there's something in it for them personally around just the personal interest, fulfillment, a bit of a turn on your approach to sales and marketing. How would you describe it and how it's differentiated from other, you know, your average PM? I'm a, I think everything should make, I think people buy off a feeling and emotion. And there's a reason that these big hotels have it smell a certain way when you walk in. Like it's the details, uh, intricacies that they focus on. And I feel like a lot of people will, and by the way, I have some people who I admire who have run incredible companies, but their branding is kind of, ugh. and if they would improve that, they would be, you know, instead of a thousand doors, they may be at 3000 doors. Um, but I, I feel like everything should make an owner feel a certain way. 
like it should, it should from your website, from your branding, uh, the way they, they're talked to, the way that they're followed up on there, there should, there should, it should make them feel warm and fuzzy and, and important. And, um, whether they go with us or not, you know, I want them to, to feel that way. I want them to see that we are, we are different. And, and I, I have very successful friends who even in my own market are incredibly successful and doing in, incredibly well. And I'm not knocking anything on that at all. Uh, but I want, when someone comes to us, I want them to feel different. You know, it's, it's uh, just attention to detail uh, across the board, even just from, you know, doing custom videos that we sent out to our owners as the hurricane approached, mm. Hey, here's who, what we, here's where we are. Here's where the storm is. Here's what we think is going to happen. And then every day, a different email, a different video. And then after the fact, Hey, we were able to, you know, visit all 600 properties. We were able to do this just above and beyond. I, I really feel, and you know, I've had owners that call me, we're not perfect. We, we have a lot of mistakes. We work through them. We learn from them. But I've had owners call me upset about things. And they're like, you've managed my property for 14 months and this wasn't done and this wasn't done. And you're just after my money. I'm like, okay, so you've paid us $1,800 in management fees. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get that out to you tomorrow. So let's take care of that. If you feel like you, I haven't earned my money, here's your $18. Now, what can I, what can I do to help you not feel like this in the future. Where do we fall through? Where do we fall short? But their minds are blown by that. But, you know, and Mark, you know, Mark will tell you, he, he does, he does our stuff. It, it always works out because we do things the right way. And, and sometimes that's very uncomfortable uh, for us to have those conversations with owners or my team. But that's kind of our models. We, we, we do things the right way by owners and renters. You know, if there's an owner not doing something, we'll, we'll come and educate them on, and we'll fire an owner too. We'll, we'll get rid of them if they aren't aren't doing the right thing. We, we want partners. Our owners are partners, and we want to do the right thing. And in your market, is it primarily investors or accidentals? It's a mixture. It's a mixture. Um, right now, we're seeing a, a tidal wave of accidentals. I mean, homes you feeling are, it? You feeling the market shift right now? Oh, it's shifted. We're there in Florida. We're there. Uh, You're ready with the net to catch it. It's pouring in. We had to, we had to, we had to scale back some of our advertising because it's coming in that fast and furious. And I know my, my, my dear friend Aaron, uh, also locally, he's feeling it too. Um, these owners, you know, we had 2000 listings in Northeast Florida in March and we're at 7,000 now. And these owners cannot sell. So they're shifting to the rental market. So we've, we've grown over the last two years I and mean, we add about 200 doors a year. Um, and, we're on pace for that this year, but I, I think we're going into the, the best probably three-year, five-year stretch in property management since I've been in it. And uh, I went through the whole crash last time and all that good jazz. So It's an extremely exciting time to be in the industry. In my position as a vendor serving a customer base that's on the upswing, it's an extremely exciting time to be in the industry. Yeah, and the amount of tools that are available now to to help you check the boxes and ensure the top level service it's just uh like with lead simple i was i was i was talking to uh, marco last night and i said if you're on appfolio and you're not jumping on board which i just had a long conversation with him about lead simple but if you're not on board with lead simple you are going to get left behind you just are you're not going to be able to compete it, the stuff that we're going to be able to do in that is just you're going to get left behind and it's going to free up capital 
to spend on additional advertising or ex- uh, uh, experiences or services for your owners and, and, and your residents. Just the amount of time from data entry and the, the uh, I feel like it's more of a true API, you know, than some of the other stuff I've seen out there. So I'm, the, my takeaway at this conference is that Lead Simple is going to be a game changer for us. We're at like all in. So I love hearing that. That's super exciting. When we talk about cash flow and profit potential, one of the significant shifts in the industry has been greater awareness of what the business can produce, of the fact that it can be a profitable organization that provides you freedom ultimately at the end of the day, as opposed to a grind and a hustle and being the red-headed stepchild of real estate. Talk to me about your own enlightenment and awareness around the profit and the finance side of the business. Wow. This is very personal for me, man. I have an eighth grade education. Like I didn't make it through eighth grade. A lot of people don't know that, but um, I didn't do property management because I wanted to. I did it because I had to. It was a survival mechanism. I have a six-month-old baby at home. I have $5 in my account. This guy, Steve, Sheker shops me, believes in me, and mentored me. And then I met the, you know, the Kevin Knights and the Marcos and what have you through NARPM. Um, I, I never thought I would be at this income level, our profit margins are own three Airbnbs and six houses, all from having a passion to serve others and property management and help them achieve their financial goals. And I've never chased the money. I, I chased the reputation of a plus service of the best experience and that money to kind of just followed it. And I'm not where I want to be or where I'm my ultimate goal of where I want to be. But as far as enlightenment is just, um, I'm incredibly grateful for, for the mentors through NARPM that I've met, um, pr- providers such as Lead Simple and you know all, all these other softwares, Property Meld, et cetera, that they care enough. Uh, you know the Jeremy Pounds. Uh, uh, we have such an incredible group of people with expertise and knowledge to to help be be the best property manager. Um, I'm at a point now where I really want to return those favors that the Steve O's and the Kevin Knights and the Marcos have given me. And I want to, like, I'm an open book. You know, I've, I've shared my PL with, you know, 10 people. I've shared my marketing with 50 people. I, I want to be an open, I, Aaron and I are competitors in the same market. We meet every other week. He's a dear friend. We share pretty much everything, what works, what doesn't, our fails, our wins. And I, my enlightenment is that, that's what really brings me happiness is just serving, serving people, helping people and, 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 and mentoring. I want to help mentor people as well. Maybe the, maybe the guy that was in my shoes, you know, nine years ago, I can help him. Let's hone in specifically on finance because this is really emblematic of the transition that you're talking about, how to run a business, how to do property management, day-to-day operations at the outset. You don't know, but you figure it out. And those are the sorts of things that, 99% of residential property managers figure out finance is a final frontier in some ways. And it's a real ask because of the identity gap that exists between how most people view themselves versus what they think is required to actually engage with it. Typically what I hear is I'm not a numbers guy, which I relate to because I'm not a numbers guy. It doesn't give me joy. It doesn't give me satisfaction, but it's necessary. And finance is different than accounting. The minutiae of accounting, not interesting. 
finance mapped to profit potential, mapped to growth, mapped to the big picture vision, essential. And that is stimulating and engaging. For you personally, what is your own shift in your thinking and your identity around numbers and finance and its importance look like? My friends in the hairs are going to laugh, all of them, because I am not a numbers guy. Uh, three and a half years ago, I could not have told you any uh, NARPM accounting GL account, what I was making, what I was spending, not, nothing at all. And um, uh, Kevin and I introduced me to someone who t- took me under his wing. I was the second paying customer after Kevin Knight and uh, did, did my numbers and uh, it changed the game. So um, I'm a creative and I was trying to do everything. I was trying to do marketing. I was trying to manage my team. I was trying to handle our pay-per-click campaigns or SEO. I did all of our SEO for years by myself. Um, the accounting, is the, it was a game changer. It is what has changed my life. So, you know, um, I, I would recommend like, and when that bill came to me, I'm like, wow, I really can't afford, you know, 60 grand a year, right? I'm not even making that. And, and, and they're like, well, you are making that, but you're just disorganized. You don't, you're not getting to keep it. <laughs> yeah. You, you have no, and, and, and now every quarter I'm getting these, you know, massive checks because my accounting is clean. I know, oh, wow. Our Google pay-per-click was, you know, 3000 higher than it should have been last, like because of NARPM accounting standards. So, I mean, honestly, if, if I had to start with anything for anyone out there is if you get your numbers clean, you really can't. Numbers, I guess, are like uh, an ailment almost in your body, right? And you can't pinpoint where the pain is coming from. You can't pinpoint where the blood loss is coming from until you get that like MRI and you know where your numbers are. And once you know your numbers, you can, now that you know your numbers, you can, whether it's, you know, the fees at Todd O, also his class, big game changer in my life, by the way, his fees class, uh, huge, huge game changer. Um, but if you know your finances, do you know what's, you know, everything I mean, you can pretty much focus on any particular area and mm. clean it up. Mm. And I'm not a numbers guy, like at all. I'll talk website design with you. I'll talk marketing with you. I'll talk, you know, calling owners on Craigslist to try and get them to sign up for your property management service or marketing to a multi REITs, uh, apartment communities. I, I'm all about that. I love marketing numbers. I'm not. And that was the biggest game changer for me and my team was the numbers. And so shout out to, to Marco and the team at Reconcile Daily. Yeah. And the guys like, I have good friends with Prava Coach, and I just had an hour long conversation with Daniel down there. And uh, the, the analytics that he breaks down on numbers and stuff are just mind blowing. So um, I, I would say numbers are, that would be, if I had to start all over again, mm-hmm. I would have started ground zero mm-hmm. with a company mm-hmm. that would look at my numbers monthly. So one of the takeaways here is that you needed a guide. You needed somebody to come alongside, mentor, facilitate that clarity. But the way that you get a guide is by saying, I don't know, which can be emasculating. It's your business, Blakely. You own it. To say you own the business and you don't know, well, if you don't know who's supposed to know, but it's actually that act of saying, I don't know, that creates the possibility of doing something to know. I don't know is powerful. An owner calls you, asks you something. I, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. So one thing about me in this industry I'm an open book, man. Again, eighth grade education, you know, uh, in and off group homes and orphanages and group homes and streets and went to job court at 16. So I had a place to sleep and eat, um, learned auto mechanics, hated it. 
and went into sales, but I'm an open book. So for me, I have no problem being vulnerable with anybody, right? I'm not Jesus. I'm not a God. I'm a, I'm a human being and I have shortcomings and I'm okay. The quicker I admit those shortcomings, the, the more people want to help, mm-hmm. right? Hey, I have friends who shortcomings marketing stuff. I don't have a marketing degree, but I'm pretty smart on conversions and what sells and I'll help them vice versa. I told Kevin, I shared with Kevin, man, my numbers are a wreck. I'm a disaster. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where the money's coming. I got this monster tax bill. I, I don't know. I'm so disorganized. Now, I will tell you, too, I did hire a vendor. It wasn't one that you're affiliated with, or yeah, but I hired a vendor to do my books, and it was an absolute, and it wasn't Profit Coach, and it wasn't Marco, but I hired a vendor to do my books, and it was an absolute nightmare experience for me. And I spent like 18 grand. And what went wrong? A bunch of, so people like uh, Marco and Daniel, they're going to backtrack and they're going to find the source of where the issue began. You know, like what what big, some of the companies did journal entries. Nothing was really fixed. Never found out what went wrong or why it went wrong on like a forensic level, right? Mm. To prevent it from happening again. And so it was a nightmare. And that's what I kind of went to Kevin with. I was like, man, I I paid this company 18 grand. I'm just like, absolute. And I'm a bigger mess than I was before. And then he's like, hey, you know, here's these guys, they can, they can help. So, uh, vulnerability is okay. That's how, that's how you're going to get better. There's still things that I need to work on and improve on, you know, lead simple, by the way, Aaron will tell you he's, he's drugged me two years into lead simple, like begging me to get on lead simple. And I'm like, I can't do it. I don't have the attention span. He's like, I'll share my processes with you. Just do it. Right. And, uh, but now I'm all in and I'm just going to pay somebody to do it because I don't have four hours to sit in front of Zapier and lead simple and do all this It doesn't stuff. give you joy. No. But it's important. It you know, brings me joy. It brings me joy of finding out how to convert owners and SEO and traffic and marketing and how to, how to generate more lead. That, I love that. That's my passion. Love it. I love that you're seeing the opportunity to embrace what I would call selective incompetence which I have embraced as well, which is to say, I don't want to know. In fact, as my career has progressed, there's more going on. So not only is it me trying to narrow my focus, but as the company grows, the surface area of things I could pay attention to expands and I'm necessarily diluted. I can't get involved. I can't, if I wanted to micromanage, I can't. That that tendency has been broken as the opportunity has expanded. And the metaphor that I share or think of would be that of being a singer. If we're going to a concert, you got Brittany, John Legend, whoever up on stage. And what are they doing? They're singing. Yeah. What do they know about the merch setup? What do they know about the lighting and AV? And if they did need to know, how much worse would that make their performance? Because now their mind is clouded with a bunch of considerations that are not worthy of their command and attention. It's the one thing that they need to do better than anybody else, which is sing their heart out. So for me, selective incompetence allows me to embrace my superpowers and to shed the things that just are really emotionally draining to me. I agree with that. Um, and it, I wasn't always like that. And my team, by the way, 15 years average is what we're at, right? So they've seen this transformation for me, um, humbling transformation for me, where they would tell me they would need something. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Well, four months later, they're asking me for it still, right? <laughs> they're like, Blake, you said four months ago, you do this. I got it. I got it. Do you worry about what you need to do, right? So uh, now I'm just like, no, you know what? You're right. We need it. 
who can I reach out to in the industry that has this platform or knows? And I'll call Aaron with questions. I'll call Steve with questions. I'll call every, everybody pretty much with, with questions and we'll figure it out. And then I'll just pay someone to do it and their quality of life, because I, I stopped being proud and I stopped being a know-it-all and their quality of life as my team members has increased. And so has their incomes, mm. right. By just being, you know, the, I don't know. I don't know. is powerful. I, I, I have no problem telling you. I don't know. I've really appreciated how candid you've been about the mentorship relationships that you've had, particularly with Steve-O. I've seen you reference that a million times. And actually, I remember being with Steve. This is a little personal. I hope I can share this. But I remember being in an Uber with Steve going somewhere for some circumstance. I don't remember. This is this is a couple of years ago. But I remember you. somebody called him. Somebody called him and it, it was a somewhat intense conversation and there was some back and forth. And then I realized it was you calling him. And I got a little bit of window and insight into the fact that you guys are really tight. And even though mentorship is almost inevitable on a long enough time horizon, I've learned from so many people, every good idea I've had has come from someone else. It's not as common to have um, a mentor where there's relational intimacy and relational depth and the joy that can can come from that has been a huge part of of my career. What would you say to somebody who is interested in the idea? They're attracted at the idea of having a mentor, but they don't they don't have one and they don't quite know how to do it. And it feels awkward to try and find one. I mean, Steve and I has just progressed naturally, and he is the hardest person on me in my life. But he's also been there through everything. He's seen my son grow up. He uh, he's in Tampa. I'm in Jacksonville. Um, he's been with me through divorce. He's been with me. He, he, he has seen what was better for me because he wasn't in the, the fog of war that I was in business wise and personal relationships. Um, I'm in the fog of war and he's like, no, listen, like he is very hard on me at times, but he's also very supportive. Um, as far as people finding a mentor, um, just be genuine. And, and by the way, you'll never have a mentor without being genuinely transparent. If I'm sugarcoating things with Steve over 18 years, um, and I hope that I've, I hope that in the later years, I think I have, because he's been like, Hey, you do this. And if it works for you, then I'll jump into it in the later in life. It's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because he'll tell me now, man, you have some really good ideas, but right. I wrote his coattails for years. Like he found me living with an in-law I didn't have $5 in my checking account and I had a newborn baby and he believed in me and he helped me and guided me. And, um, I think everybody should have a mentor, you know? And, and I always believe that, Oh, you know, people say, Oh, you should always, you know, you should always surround yourself with more successful people. And why I agree with that. Well, who are you helping? Like all these people have helped you now. Who are you helping? Mm. Right. I want to help other other people. I, I do. I want to give back what the Steves and the Kevins and the Marcos and 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 the Aaron's and everyone else has given me. I want to give back. So finding a mentor is is hugely important. Someone who's been in the business for a while or any type of business for a while, uh, it, it's a fast pass. You've been to Disney and Universal, and you get the fast pass. Having a good mentor is a, is, a, is almost like a fast pass. But you got to be honest. Um, not knowing how to do it, I didn't even know Steve was a mentor until he was a mentor. Mm-hmm. 
I was just genuine with him. You know, he would talk about his problems and his struggles and I would have ideas and I would have struggles. And, and he, he had a lot more ideas than I did, you know, cause he was, you know, much more su- successful. Um, but I, I think mentorship is key and just being genuine with, with someone close to you or, or reaching out to somebody, um, just for helps or questions. And, and a lot of times it will just develop naturally. I'm sure you, Jordan, you have mentors, right? Who, who's your mentor? Yeah, that's great. I mean, well, the way I got into business was with a a very explicitly mentor mentee type relationship. I actually worked at a venture backed HOA company, and the guy that ran it was formerly an entrepreneur in residence at a fund, and he decided to start this business. And he welcomed me and my co-founder Chris. Actually, we both mentored under him at the same time. We worked like a dog during the day. I remember waking up at. I don't know, 5 a.m. for 5.30 a.m. runs with him. He was a former army ranger and showing up at the office and just grinding hard. And in the evenings, we would go over to his house and when we would be with his family and have dinner. And then after that, we would read Harvard Review case studies and he would teach us. And I had no idea what I was learning because I hadn't run a business before. So I didn't have the context. Yeah, I didn't have the context for it, but that was hugely impactful for two reasons. Number one, it gave me permission to do this thing. It was like, Hey, you could totally do this. It was almost casual. It was like, yeah, obviously you can be an entrepreneur. Just, just go do it, figure it out. But the other other thing was it framed and it modeled really intentional investment in someone with no opportunity to get anything back. That's key. That, yeah. I didn't pay that guy. There was no return. He hasn't been remunerated other than in the context of reward and satisfaction and fulfillment. And that's left a huge imprint in me. And I don't know that I've, if I've lived up to that yet, but I'm trying. I feel that like so much because again, you have to like five bucks and a newborn. Like I had nothing. I had a Dodge Neon, a 2002 Dodge Neon, right? I have seven rental properties, two Airbnbs. I have a successful business. My team has come up the ranks with me. And Steve has not made a penny off of me. Not one dime. A dinner here and there, maybe. But I could never repay him, you know? Exactly. You couldn't, you couldn't repay them. No. And I, I pray that – I do pray that someone gets brought in my life where I can do that for as well. As I, as I continue to age, you know, maybe a young hustler, property manager or someone, you know, I would love to, to, to give back. I, and I will tell you too, as far as the mentorship goes, like there's never been a time two o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. And this is crazy. And in and, and 18 years where he hasn't either answered or called me back minutes later. So he saw something in me that no one else saw. And that's I, it. I'll make him proud, you know? That's it. I heard somebody say that the highest leverage impact thing that you can do in life is to see something in someone else that they don't see in themselves and to speak to it and to encourage it. What does that cost you? It's free. And I'll tell you that trans right to what we're talking about, profit, 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 profitable property management. I had a, I had a team member I won't name cause they'll probably watch this who was really struggling in a role and a couple of my other team members said, hey, she has to go. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. What is she strong at? Give me her, give me what she's good at that you like. And they gave me a list of things. I'm like, okay. What well, created a new position for her that she's now flourishing in? 
right? Look for the best in people and find a way. It's very easy to discard people. Mm. It is. It's much easier to discard. There are a hundred times Steve could have discarded me as a friend. There's been times where I've been a crappy friend and I haven't been there for him like he's been there for me. Uh, that goes to your staff too, right? So yeah, I mean, people are like, oh, you know, uh, hire slow, fire fast. And I, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I mean, I, I get it, but I have some really incredible people on my team that if I would have followed that motto, they wouldn't be where they're at and I wouldn't be where I'm at. Right. So I, f- I feel more like finding their strengths and it, it takes a lot more to, to grow somebody and train somebody and no growth comes without pain, uncomfortableness and pain. There's no growth, mm-hmm. no financial growth, no professional growth. If you just, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, whoever, they, they had a lot of crappy games to hone their skill and, and get better. Like growth comes from pain and, um, and I prefer to try and, and, and again, that is a testament too. I'm not out chasing the dollar. I pay my people probably double or triple industry standards. They've been with me from the beginning, but the money they make us as a company by the lack of turnover and the lack of training. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I'll, I'll pitch against flat rate companies that are half my price all day long. But once they're told by my BDMs, hey, listen, our core has been together for 15 years. Mm. All of a sudden, this you, there's a shift in this owner's thought, like, oh, I want to work with these guys. Mm-hmm. 15 years? Think about that. Unusual. Highly unusual. Right? 15 years. These these are highly educated degree women, mainly women. I'm going to say that besides you, Langdon, if you watch this, uh, who have degrees, who have chosen to stay with me. And because I've, I've treated them well, I've paid them well, I've listened to their ideas, I've implemented their ideas. And, um, that's the, the, I don't have the turnover, you know, knock on wood that I don't get the turnover, but you know, so it's, that's it. That's been one of our secrets to success. Let's end circling back with a focus on the future. I can sense the optimism in you. It's really been a fairly academic idea that property management is counter-cyclical, at least for me personally. I wasn't here in, in 08. I came in, in into the industry more substantially in around 2010, 2011, 2012. So I've, I felt like I could see some of the after effects of that. But in terms of the actual D-Day at that time, there's a ton of folks that weren't there for that. But we hear it's counter-cyclical. And now we're starting to see some of the evidence of that. What are you doing to put yourself in a maximal position to what could be a really career defining opportunity on the next couple of years. So, uh, automation processes, I know that's all the rage right now. Um, but I am really going all in on it and I'm not trying to replace staff. That's the key. Um, I'm trying to make my staff more efficient and to be able to manage more properties with the same, you know, uh, uh level of, of work and, and effort. Um, I think that property managers are more valuable than ever right now at this moment. Um, a lot of people want to discount fees and compete on price. I, I think um, some prices can be raised like a leasing fee because there's a lot, there's a lot of units coming onto the market. Um, but to prepare for the next, you know, two to three years, I'm going all in on lead simple. Um, you know, nothing to do with you, obviously. I mean, even if, if it was owned by, you know, Jack Johnson, I, I would still go all in on Lead Simple. It's a great product. So I'm going all in on that. I'm happy that um, Appfolio has changed their thought process. They've done a 180. And from what I um, 
there's been a lot of change in their leadership. And I think that they're becoming more customer centric and listening. And um, so that that's huge because I actually have considered leaving them several times, but I see that they're making efforts. Um, and then the inspection software platform. So I'm going all in on automation. I'm going all in automation um, so my team can handle more properties and um, with the same type of, of work level. And we can also provide the owners a much higher level of service, you know, uh, automated emails, automated text messages, et cetera. So uh, I think that's key. And I, and I will tell you, it's already started. I mean, it's already started and we have people walking away from home sales left and right as well. We have owners calling us daily now because they can't sell. They can't sell. Um, and they're in a panic and we're here to help them. You know, that's, that's it. We're here to help them. There's going to be a new wave of accidental landlords. And if the Fed raises rates in three weeks again, it's just going mean, to, it's already in my market, a dead market. And I just, I can't even imagine them raising the rates again, what it's going to do, but it's going to be great for us. It's going to be great. I told Appfolio that I said, it's going to be great for you guys. You're going to pick up a hundred more, you know, units, uh, but you have to be in a position to handle that growth. Like right now we're, our BDMs, I have two BDMs and 600 or two BDMs. They're flooded with owner leads right now, just flooded. And because we do a much more hands-on approach, they're pretty buried. So I want to put in processes to help, help that. Love it. Yeah, it's a great way to end it about the future. Future's bright. Blakely, appreciate Absolutely. you coming on the show. Appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much. Jordan here asking you, what do you got? What is a question you want to ask me? Can you stump me? Can you throw me something hard, perplexing, vexing, something you feel tied up in knots with? Throw it at me. I'll do my best to try and answer that question, to dissect it, to parse out the nuance and maybe help you get a bit more clarity. I'm looking for questions as the basis for creating content and you're looking for answers as the basis for clarity and wouldn't it be perfect if those two things matched up? Drop a comment, send me, send me an email, jordan at leadsimple.com. Let's stay in the conversation. Peace.